All right, everybody. So right before we get started, I just wanted to um, release a quick content warning that we do talk about sexual assault in this episode. So if that is a trigger for you, just wanted to give you a heads up. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Yes, <laughs> we truly are. <laughs> we host the shit out of this podcast. Uh-huh. This is, uh, I think, a uh, a cherry that got picked for both of us, right? Because we have not read any Joanna Lindsay, right? Not for the podcast, but I've read her oh, stuff well before. Then. Sorry. But. Prisoner of My Desire. This was our first also medieval romance. Uh-huh. And our first not written in the... 21st century this is from 91 yeah which reads like 71 1971 it is interesting to then see the evolution of romance because there was a lot of things that happened in this book that just wouldn't happen yes today so before we get into it we need to judge a cover. The, uh, there's been so many different covers yeah so we put I put three on here. Um, so the first one is a woman in an orange dress, like looking off into the distance. That's the most recent one. That's on the Kindles. That's from 2011. That's the one I had. And then we have Prisoner of My Desire is also, it's just like a castle. And that was when there was that, we talked about this with another book. Can't remember which one. With the Lisa Claypass books, how it was just like scenery for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it was just like real estate. Yeah. And this is a castle way far off in the distance. Yeah. Um, and then the and then one that is just like a blue cover with a rose on it. Well, and uh, her name, Joanna Lindsay, way, way bigger than the name of the book. You can tell in all of these that the selling point is that it's written by Joanna Lindsay, because in pretty much all of them, it's either her name is the same size or bigger than the title. Mm-hmm. She's the star. Mm-hmm. She is the IP. Mm-hmm. I... Out of all these, uh, you know, the one that was on the Kindle, uh, the woman on it is very bland. There's nothing really super sexy or, like, striking about it. I will say I kind of like the last one with Joanna Lindsay's name very big, and there's a rose at the top of it. There's something very classy and stately about it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't like the one of the woman on it when normally I do like people, but for some reason it's not it for me. Yeah, she's not very striking. And then the castle is very, very small, and it's just not really a... Something that I'd be like, oh, I got to read this book. And, yeah. What was this book about? So this book was about Rowena, who was... So the beginning of this book is Rowena... We jump immediately in. Well, because this book opens with Rowena, like, crying to her stepbrother to stop punching her mother. Yeah. This is a bonkers book. And at first, I was like, is this our hero? I didn't, because I was like, is this our hero? Because it's a stepbrother, so it could be, you know. Mm-hmm. So her father has been killed. And Rowena needs to sire uh, a son or a heir so that she can keep control of the kingdom, Right. And her husband has also been murdered, right? No, Rowena has never been married. She's a virgin. And her brother, this is during a time of like, when it was like, I think it was like Eleanor of Aquitaine. Like Uh there's a lot of unrest in England. So it's like a lot of like land grabs are going on. Oh, here's what it is. I'm so sorry. Not to interrupt you, but they had somebody to marry her off to who couldn't have a kid. No. Okay. <laughs> so Gilbert is trying to raise an army. Yes. To take over more lands uh-huh. to get more power. So this guy, Lord Lyons, has said he will marry Rowena, and this guy's old as fuck. Old as shit. <laughs> and <laughs> and what a, what's another swear word that's good for for <laughs> saying people are old? Nothing else works. It's old as fuck or old as shit. Yeah. And he has said he will give his 
like all of his conscripted soldiers to Gilbert's cause if he gets to marry Rowena. Okay. Rowena's 19. And so her mother's like, I don't want my daughter marrying this guy who's old as fuck. And Rowena's like, I don't want to marry this guy who's old as fuck. Yeah. But so Gilbert starts punching her mother to be like, well, until you, I'm basically going to torture your mother until you say that I'll do you'll it. do it. And she does. And she says, I'm going to marry him. Yeah. So then the night that they're going to, that they get married, they're going to consummate it. He takes out his tiny little limp dick and then dies immediately. Yeah, it doesn't work. No. So now they're in a conundrum because for Gilbert, if he, if the, if Lord Lyons dies without an heir, then all of the lands go to his brother, mm-hmm. who Gilbert doesn't have any sort of contract with. So then he's back at square one. So what he decides to do is have Rowena just fuck some guy for three days, hopefully who, getting pregnant. But looks like looks kind of like the Lord Lion did enough so that they can pass the, pass baby. the baby off. Because Gilbert has dark hair and Lord Lion had blonde hair, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he tells his men to go, just find a serf, just find like a peasant. They'll they t- don't find a peasant. <laughs> no. They find Warwick. Who is a like warlord? Yeah, he's 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 like a knight, but also a warlord. He's like he has his own kingdom. And yeah. They knock him out and kill his squire. This yeah. poor squire gets gutted, and he's like fifteen or sixteen years old or something. He gets gutted. The um, war gets knocked out, and then he gets tied up, and they force Rowena to have sex with him. While tied up. Basically saying if she doesn't, then they will kill the mom. her mom. And she believes that it will actually happen because, I mean, he was already beat her up. Yeah. In front of her. Like, she Gilbert's really, this not is a, a good real dude. threat to her. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert also wants to fuck her, too. It's all kind of gross. Yes. Gilbert was like, I could give you a baby, but my hair is the wrong color. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's not how genetics work. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> well, it was medieval times. They didn't know any better. No. Um, so, okay. We were talking about what the book is about in, in like broad strokes, broad strokes. Then she does it. She does it. She frees does him. freeze him. And then he takes revenge on her by kidnapping her, taking away her ladyship, making her a serf and raping her the way he was raped by her. And then somehow they fall in love. <laughs> and that's what it is in broad strokes. Yeah. This is a bonkers old school romance. And I do have to say, I loved it. You loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, there's so many problems. And it is insane that a book with this much rape on the page uh, by the hero, by the heroine, I still really liked it. And I don't know how. Well, everybody's raping everybody. Like, I know he it's also different. He beats his daughter at a certain state. He whips her. And, and she was a bitch. And she was. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> she, he is so proud when his one daughter was like, I want to learn how to please a man. And he was like, I've never been prouder of my daughter than when she said that. Emma. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, his daughters were kind of a whole handful. And he had like the... He had daughters that were around the age of Rowena. Yeah, only but, a few years younger. But that's, I mean, I guess how it was back then. I mean, I hate to say, like, that's how it was back then, but it's not like 1980. This is medieval times. So right. things were way, way different. The thing with the constant, like, assault is that it, I guess, for the time was normal ish. Is that true? I don't know a lot about medieval times. I do know. Like, I've been to the restaurant and there's way less uh, right. sexual assault going on there, <laughs> at least out in public. And there was no black night or blue night in this. It was very confusing. For yes, you. it was. I mean, who was I supposed to root for while I was eating my big turkey leg? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I'm not a scholar of like how rampant sexual assault was, but I do th- feel like I remember reading something about medieval times and how like serfs basically had no agency at all. And so like that would logically extend also to uh, being sexually assaulted. And it was also like just a more dangerous time. What I think is interesting about this is, and 
you know, we read this basically from somebody wanting us to read an old school romance. And I don't think this was as old school as that person was expecting. And I think we can still do older school. But this was an interesting thing in that it was sort of between the time of just like um, forced seduction, which is rape unapologetically, basically, to now we're now all the heroines we've read have an insane amount of agency and desire for sexual pleasure and everything, which is obviously good. What is interesting about this and interesting about Rowena as a character and why I sort of did come around to her and Warwick too is like obviously she's put in a position that if somebody was like you they would murder my mother or and I need to just have sex with this then I would just be like okay yeah like let's have sex with this person I'm not gonna let you murder my mom. So you understand her motivation for it not that it makes it right or whatever. Then um, when he does it to her it's him also just like it is like almost feels like a weird sex game where there is like playing at not having sexual agency when you do like she was tied to the bed but then he did like i don't know i feel like i'm treading now into dangerous waters i know what you're getting at but it is that like he did make her come he was interested in her sexual pleasure and i do feel like there was a bit of a game that they had set up at that stage of like him being like i'm gonna beat you and her being like okay fine and not caring so i think because she knew he wasn't actually gonna do it no and i think there was a lot of empty threats from him that she never really believed so i think this too she was into it a little bit i don't know i but also this, this is, is fantasy fiction. and it's fiction. Yeah. And so that is the thing that, that this is the tight wire that we walk with this podcast and yeah. with these books is that you are by no means advocating any of this behavior in real life. Right. But if somebody wants to read a medieval fantasy where they tie down a knight and they have to have sex with him and force him to get hard, mm-hmm. like I thought that was pretty hot, to be honest with you, because I'll probably never be in that situation. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the first time that I could see that side of the forced seduction being like a hot thing. Now, I wouldn't want to be like bleeding from the wrists and stuff like that and, mm-hmm. and all those things. But like there is a level of fantasy of not having control and being uh, seduced in that way or being, you know, whatever. I could see that. Um, the revenge rape aspect of what Warwick did is – Less easy for me to stomach just because, like I said before, it's the other way around. So it's not like a fantasy for me to like force seduce somebody or like, you know, assault somebody like that. But like you said, in this context, there is it is so old school romance in my idea of what an old school romance is, is that this wasn't supposed to comment on society. There was not people in 1991 or maybe there was, but not as many saying like, this needs to be this because this is what you should believe. It's more like, oh, yeah, this is the fantasy of some people. It's knights. It's, you know, ladies who then become serfs and all this thing. So there might be a little bit more of a pass for it. Yeah. You know? But something that I did like about Rowena is, like, she does have – she is invested in her own sexual pleasure. And, like, she does sort of fall for Warwick pretty early and then just kind of only wants to have sex with him, even as she is, like, not wanting to admit her feelings for him or still angry with him or still holding resentments against him for certain things. But she does, like, go up to him and be like, uh, in so many words, like, I want you to fuck me tonight. And then at one stage she's, like, brought to him because he misses her so bad. And she he's like, well, I'm going to come right now inside of you. And she's like, all right, do it, but then you have to make me come after. And he does. And I think she's saying these things that I feel like isn't part of the forced seduction, like, earlier part of romance. That wouldn't have really happened because women weren't allowed to have sexual agency. So this is weird straddling the line of, like, her having sexual agency and desires and speaking those and also having a partner who is definitely invested in that with her. Um, but then there's still a lot of rape as a plot point where mm-hmm. I feel like that doesn't it wouldn't exist. Or if a modern writer was to write that now, it would be done differently and with yeah. a little bit more care than this was written with. And it would be darker. Right. Because this is like kind of like farcical and like a little bit silly. Well, because he calls her wench. Even after they're supposed to be in love, he just they have they have a rapport towards the end where they shit on each other 
And they that, have a very specific kind of banter that I did find really funny. Yeah. Like the way that they talked about each other was really funny. And they were also, it's not like they were opposite sides of a coin. They were like the same coin. Yeah. They didn't realize they were the same coin though. But No, they didn't realize, but they are also like the same people mm-hmm. in a way that I thought was really funny. Even as she's trying to tell him that her stepbrother has been um, plotting against him and there's a sneak attack that's going to happen. And she's like, well, listen, I kind I of told them that you would murder everybody and you would murder me. And he's like, all right, yeah, like, sure, inflate my statistics. I don't care. And she's like, you would say that. Yeah. And it was just, like, really funny and clever and, like, well done. They're also both brats. Oh, yeah. Like, she's a huge brat and he's a huge brat. They are. <laughs> they are the same person as, far, yeah, not wanting, because this is one of those books where it's, like, if she had just told him at a certain stage and at a certain stage, she's like, well, I didn't feel like there was ever a time for me to tell you. But if she had said, like, listen, the reason I raped you because they literally said they would murder my mother. And I believed that that was a possibility. Once he hears that at, at the end of the book, he's like, yeah, OK, great. That's fine. That makes sense to me. And it's like, why not just say that sooner? Because he was so upset about it and he couldn't. The thing about it is the reason I think he wanted revenge so much is that he couldn't tell anybody about it because for him, that was so demeaning. Right. Like knights, men don't get raped. Knights don't get raped. Warlords don't get raped. Like in his mind, he felt like he was violated at such a base level Mm -hmm. when it came to his masculinity that when people would be like, why are you treating this lady this way? Why are you throwing her in the dungeon? And he'd be like, I can't even tell you. Mm -hmm. Just trust me. It's bad. <laughs> and it's one of those things where he couldn't come out and say it, like what had actually happened to him. But um, there was a level, I mean, him fighting against his bodily urges at the beginning when he sees her naked and is like, oh, she's hot. Like what, I, you know, I can't. My, he talked about how his penis was betraying him mm. and called his penis the betrayer <laughs> several <laughs> times. And it's true because it's like you're you, – your biology, your biology doesn't necessarily follow your logic, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there was that that push pull there too. But yeah, I can see where this was more rollicking than some of the other books that would have this kind of content to it. Um, but it was like a lot, a lot of the unconsensual stuff. I wish it would have gotten into the consensual stuff a little bit earlier. It is only really not consensual she rapes him at the beginning then he rapes her to basically like do the same visit for the same amount of days but after that there's no more yeah that's true i mean it's he still does like own her because he still has her trapped won't let her leave and things like that and he makes her like bring him food and all these different things he does try to like he tries to humiliate her, her and humiliate her. And then, then the sex is he, kind of part of it a little bit. Yeah. It's almost like a like a weird sex game because yeah. then he's like, you have to come in my bed. And she's like, ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's really excited about those parts. Uh-huh. Yeah. But and she doesn't like that. But also she's a brat, so she doesn't like to serve him. She doesn't like to, you know, bathe him. She likes bathing him, but she doesn't like to be forced to bathe him. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, like talk about like, no pussy for the man they're both kind of the man (laughs) in different aspects like he's the man she's also the man too because the reason she has sex with him is i mean is because of the mom being tortured but also because she doesn't want to lose everything either right there is a level of self-interest involved in that Mm -hmm. um what drove me nuts though about this is that the point where she runs away because of that dumb pearl necklace Remember, because she was going to get thrown into the dungeon by the daughter. Well, she overheard this plot. Like, so her maid, um, Mildred, Mildred also comes with her to the the to Warwick's castle. And Warwick is because she was the one to let Warwick free, even though it was under the command, even though it was because Rowena told her to. He still is like sees her as a good person throughout the whole thing because he she took care of him and then she let him go. Yeah. So he takes her and he's like, you can either go home or. Or come with me. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure my home got torched. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I'll come with you. Because I think you destroyed it or Gilbert destroyed it. But somebody destroyed somebody it. Somebody burnt my house down. <laughs> uh, who knows? And so It she, could be any warlord because there's just a bunch running around 
burning down villages. Yeah, it's hell right now. Uh-huh. And so she comes back to Warwick's castle and sort of is like a head maid there. She isn't allowed to talk to Rowena, but the second that Warwick isn't in the vicinity, they're chatting up. <laughs> Mildred's such a hen. Oh. Like a total, like, trying to give her advice about all, like, everything. And she's, what is she now? She gives such... You said it. Horrible advice. Hor- she gives horrible <laughs> advice. Don't listen to Mildred. But Mildred has overheard this plot that one of his daughters had said because because uh, she's pissed because he's making her marry somebody that she doesn't want to marry. And so to get revenge, because everyone sort of figures out long before Rowena and Warwick do that, like, they are in love with each other. And everyone knows they're banging it out every night. Because at a certain stage, Rowena just sleeps in the same bed as him. And just like, I'm not a surf anymore, guys. Fuck it. And she's openly flirting with him in the hall. Like the dining hall. He's like pulling her into his lap. (laughs) She just starts wearing her old clothes just out of nowhere. She's like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Yeah, there's such... The two of them are such idiots. (laughs) And then... But in a fun way. No, they're great. And and so so basically the daughter, while Warwick is away, is going to pretend that this necklace was stolen. And then they'll basically like put her in the dungeon and then basically like scar her body so badly that Warwick won't want to fuck her anymore. It's not a great plan. But do you think that plan was actually going to happen? No, I think she was an idiot. That, that's the thing. And that's why when she ran away over the pearl necklace, I, w- I, I thought this is just a uh, this is just a reason to get her out of the castle. That seemed dumb to me. I mean, no, I but from her point of view, too, it's like when Warwick is around, she has a lot of power because she basically knew at that stage, more or less, she had Warwick's ear and he would pretty much believe her. I don't think she 100 percent knew that he would believe her over the daughter, the daughter. And who then he whips, who he whips once he finds out the plan. Yeah. Whips the shit out of her. But she so and then at that stage, while he's gone, it's like the daughters are kind of in charge and that they're like the highest ranking people there. So I think she was sort of like, mm, I think she didn't want to take her chances. Yeah. And I think there was that creepy dungeon master that mm. originally was going to take care of her before Warwick pulled pulled him away and put john in there yeah who was like a total nice dude who was like real cool (laughs) who runs the dungeon but he okay we're gonna put a throw over there (laughs) maybe some overhead lighting no let's okay overhead lighting is a little harsh it's a little harsh um but john was really nice and cool dude but this Mm -hmm. other creep was gonna probably take advantage of her so he made sure that that didn't happen but if she gets thrown in the dungeon with the with the girls uh, in charge this guy's showing up the nice guy because she knew that I I, think, I don't remember if that said she knew the reason why the nice guy came was because of Warwick or not. Uh, she didn't. She just no. thought he was like a saintly guy at the beginning, but then she realized later yeah. that that was the reason why. But um, there are – so there's two – well, I, I hate to act – it's kind of like very like uh, immature of me to uh, be tickled by – um, names for penises at this point in these romance novels. But uh, I did love talk of uh, rods. There's a lot of talking about I know rods. the other one you're going to say. Manroot. <laughs> I, is Manroot something you'd heard before? No. I love Manroot. There was so much Manroot. Yeah, it, there's something about Manroot that just tickles me every time they were talking about his Manroot. Because at a, like I can see it. Like I understand why it's called the Manroot. I don't. It well, looks because, like a root? Kind of, yeah. Okay. It's like rooted. You know, it's like I, like it's like a root coming out of a man. It's the man root. <laughs> but I know it seems like infantile and we should be like giving respect to this genre and not giggling at like euphemisms. But I love man root. No, it's great. I think it's my new favorite. Um, yeah, I think we should be keeping score of these because some of them are really great. Mm hmm. What is your favorite we've come across? It's Manroot. I mean, I like Manroot a lot. I'd have to go back and think. You're right. We're not cataloging these, and I feel like that's a bad thing. We should totally catalog these things. Mm-hmm. But um, Rod is funny just because it's, like, so non-sexual. Like, you just see a rod, and a rod doesn't really invoke to me sex. It's just, like, a rod. But it, And it's it's a young kid. A kid would, like, like, I know in middle school we would talk about rods. Yeah, because it's a way to talk about sexuality without talking about sexuality because you're not you're like scared of it 
you know, because you can't control it. You don't know what it's thinking. It's like all these different things as a, as a young man. So mm-hmm. it's like rod. OK, so it's an inanimate object that just whatever. But man just seems like very like strong. That's the other thing I like about it. Yeah. I feel like I've read a few romances that they just say penis and I don't love it. It sounds very clinical to me. Penis. Yeah. But like cock also seems vulgar. I love cock. <laughs> you love the term cock yeah because yeah. wh- why because it's filthy enough yeah because i think it's like a little bit sexy i think uh-huh. like just um phonetically it just sounds good there's a catch to it when you say it it's, yeah. it's like cock as yeah. opposed to penis penis yeah penis sounds flaccid right like penis if it's like his penis you're thinking uh well it's just kind of flopping there but when you say cock a cock stands up Mm, a cock, cock is stand. yep mm-hmm. a, a cock is at attention well and also and I a feel man like, roots at attention too yeah and i feel like penis it's like um like babies have penises yes and that's not sexy fact <laughs> but there's something about cock that you oh i only think of like an adult <laughs> man dick yeah you wouldn't be like Look at my baby's cock yeah no that's disgusting yeah. that's weird there's so many reasons why you would never say that <laughs> And you shouldn't say no, that. No, don't say it. Yeah. And I'm all for like teaching, you know, whatever. We but what about look at my baby's that... man root? Oh my God. <laughs> look no. at his little man root. Oh God. That's actually kind of cute. Maybe. Yeah. No, but the, yeah, cock, I only think of like an adult yeah. male dick. And that's it. Yeah. So but what I about like... how do you think of dick? Dick is good, but not as good as cock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think cock is just my favorite. Yeah. It's a good Two one. Two hard sounds on either end. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds good but um yeah a lot of talk of rods and manry which i really liked in this book but now have you actually read a legitimate old old school romance i don't think so because we're talking what 60s yeah and is that when kind of the genre started because mm-hmm. i know people are like oh jane austen and stuff but as I don't count what Jane Austen know. necessarily. You know, like as yeah. what we know. So Georgette Hare, they say, started it. Okay. Um, and she's a bazillionaire, right? Georgette Hare? Yeah. I don't think she's with us anymore, but but I do think that there are like older ones. There's like Gentle Rogue. And I do think like Joanna Lindsay wrote a lot of older ones too. And she's like, still- Like she was prolific. She's still writing stuff, right? I don't know. Okay. Because it'd be interesting to see, because- then it feels like, like you said, this is a transitional time, and then it'd be interesting to see uh, her writing things in the more not, you know, forced uh, proximity and not like those kind of forced things. Seduction. Forced seduction. I'm sorry, forced seduction. There's still forced proximity all the time. Mm-hmm. But forced seduction and things like that, it'd be interesting to see her transition through. I think a good writer, who, which she is, can make those changes. Yeah. And be relevant and stay, you know, relevant. If they don't dig in. Wait, what? Oh, Shayna is the one that everyone says is like the first one. That's the name of the book? And What um, year was that? Do you know? I don't know. Around? Wait, the Woman's podcast did a really great episode on Shayna. So I would say listen to them for that one. But then, you know, we can definitely take another one for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that was Kathleen Woodweiss. And oh, she's the other one that they say started. It was Kathleen Woodweiss. And what year was that? Supposedly, uh, not supposedly. <laughs> and supposedly, when was that published? In 1977. Oh, 77. Yeah. So that's not that long ago. No. And 91 compared to 77, not that many years. Mm-mm. Right? We're, yeah. And I was thinking 91 when I, I remember talking to you about that. We're clo- They were closer together than we are to 91. I know. It's crazy. I was like, 91's not long ago. It was. It was. We're old. Did you think this book was sexy? No. No. I never, I like, I thought it was, like, I liked it. I liked it much more than I thought. I also had to read it in two days, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed myself. I liked it because I think I really loved Rowena. She was really funny. Her inner monologues were hilarious. Her weird, like, I don't know why. I just also love a character who 
is constantly trying to run scams and is bad at all of her scams. And there's something about that that I am obsessed with. And you don't see often, like yeah. so often. And especially now, I think authors are thinking more and more about their heroines as being very competent. And like, listen, I love a competent woman a lot, but there is something funny about someone who's constantly trying to do things and just, Everything always gets fucked up for her. Like everything she tried, she fucked up. And there was something about that that I found really funny and loved it. And so I definitely enjoyed the book the entire time. I did not find the sexy times particularly sexy. Um, it is funny that you say the thing about her always messing up, but you got, you do got to remember too, that she's 19 Yeah, and she was thrown into a situation where everything new that happened to her, she was like, this is okay. This is new. I got to figure out I'm in a dungeon now. This can't be my life. (laughs) Everything was, this can't be my life. Yeah. And in a way she wouldn't know how to do anything. Uh, she had to learn how to manipulate people and do Mm -hmm. these different things. And she fumbled around, but like Warwick was as much as with his posturing, he was kind of a dumbass too. So they actually uh, ended up being pretty good mates for each other. Oh no, they are a great couple. Nobody else is going to deal with these assholes. (laughs) They found the one other person in the world who can stand them Uh and they married each other. And I think that was really great. And he, well, so the thing too, is that he could always pretend that she does end up getting pregnant from having sex with him and from raping him at the beginning, raping him at the beginning. And he could always play off the fact that, well, I'm not taking care of you. I'm taking care of the baby. Right. The way he treated his kids, he doesn't he didn't care about this baby, really. He really cared about her, but he was using the baby as like a reason why he could say, well, I'm not going to starve her mm-hmm. and I'm not going to make her sleep in the bad dungeon with nothing. I'm going to do these different things. It's too cold, all these different things. It's because he could say, well, it's the baby. It's the baby. This guy doesn't care about this baby. I mean, he might now, but barely. Right. He it ends up being a son. Well, he's excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time she's like, I hope it's a daughter to fuck with him. And then she yeah. gets all mad. She's like, it's a son. I mean, I love him, but also who cares? <laughs> she was mad that it was a son. That's yeah. like how petty these characters are. Oh, they are. were so petty <laughs> with each other. I loved every minute of it. It was hilarious. The best is like at a certain state, like everything is so far. This is like a prince. Like if it wasn't for all the rape, uh-huh. this would basically be a princess bride as far as how everyone acted. Yes. And how silly people were and how weirdly things were solved. Because even Gilbert is like. Like, survives at the end. Which is insane. It's just like, just kill him. But instead they like fight and then he's like, I can't kill him. He's a knight. We have this code. So then he sort of like, and then they just start chumming around with yeah, each other. Yeah, he's like, well, I can just hang out in your kingdom. That's cool. Yeah, like, do you mind? And then she's like, oh, I'm literally in labor right now. And then she's like, and then they both look at her like, oh my God. And she's like, men. That's so funny <laughs> that you say Princess Bride. Now you're right. There can't be the rape. But you can even think about it at the beginning where Gilbert is hitting the mom now we're think we think of this more in the aspect of present day this is bad you know hitting a woman but like if it's done in a comical like overly dramatic kind of way where like she, just like, slapping where he's just face. slapping her and she's like oh 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 <laughs> and you know it's like not real then that can be played in a different way but in i could see you thinking of it as more of like a comedy or a farce yeah yeah it did once you got over that beginning part it was pretty silly and the stakes were never i don't know just the way that she she also figured him out really early because apparently warwick like she thinks he's insanely beautiful and she's basically like attracted to him from the jump but apparently he's like tough to look at because his wives have literally like died because they were so frightened to have sex with well, him. Well, he's got the that look, that intensity. He's got like a very intense look when he's not smiling. Yeah. And she just immediately she did, never cares. She's never intimidated by him. I think at the beginning she's like a little bit nervous. She doesn't know what he's capable of, but she's never you never feel her being terrified. She's always her reaction to work is always like this asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is just really funny for somebody. And he loves that about her. He loves that she's never really afraid of him. And that they do have this fun little weird sex game. It's almost like a dom sub sex game. Where she's just sort of like, oh, yeah, I'll bring you your ale and stuff. And you have to make me wear these clothes. But I, but then uh, the game I'm is up. I don't want to play this game anymore. And she spilled the beans to everybody who would listen. She gets... <laughs> She's like, this is where you're going to be. You're going to be sewing with these women or you're going to be like 
kind of sewing next to these women somewhere mm-hmm. else. And she was like, well, this is what's happening to me. Okay. Let me tell you, I'm a lady. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, uh, I have his baby and that's why he's doing this and blah, blah. And the woman was like, you lie. Stop lying. <laughs> but she kept saying the truth, like straight up all the time to anybody who would listen. She was not shy about telling about her situation, which I thought was really funny. too. Well, and the best too is like the first night he has her sleep with all the other like weavers on a pallet. And so he comes to get her and he's like, hey, hey wake up, wake up. Yeah, yeah. Come with me. You're not going to sleep with them. Yeah. And she's not wearing any shoes. So he's like, oh, I'll carry you because I don't want you to get cold. And it's like, yeah immediately he does really care for her and then they go back and they end up having sex and she's into it and then she's like all right i'm gonna go back to the weavers he's like well you don't have any shoes she's like well you brought me without shoes and it's just really fucking funny that like their their interplay is really really good yeah did you find it sexy no not really yeah no it seemed the i mean i i think the idea of him being helpless and her having sex with him was kind of hot right but i didn't find anything else like super sexy no. And the sex wasn't, like, ex- overly explicit. But I also don't know if we're just getting numb to things where, like, if someone else read this, they'd be like, wow. And we're reading it just being like, hmm, it's barely anything. That's kind of my worry a little bit is that I was so fresh-faced before and now I'm kind of more shruggy than I used to be. Right. So I think we need to... We, we that's why we always kind of try different genres and different things that are new to either me or both of us so that we can have that same fresh faced or like open mind to it. Right. You know, which I do read all these books with an open mind, but it is easier for me to shrug some things off that if, if this was my first book, there'd be things that I just focus on, right. like hyper focus on that. I'm just not. Well, I mean, here's the big question then. Would you fuck them? Yeah. You would fuck Rowena? Yeah. And Warwick? Yeah. They do seem really fun in bed. Uh-huh. Warwick is very invested in making her come. I'm into that. Yeah. And then Rowena is very invested in, like, sexual pleasure and sexual play that I think it would be really fun to have sex with her, too. Yeah. Well, you also, I mean, you have said that you're a brat. Oh, brat loves brat. Yeah. Brat recognized Brat. Yeah, so I would be bratty with them as well. Yeah. I mean, you would just, they would love, either of them would love you just because you could throw the Brat right back at them. Right, exactly. Um, Warwick seemed like powerful and handsome. Um, he's a knight. Mm-hmm. He's a warlord. I mean, so 100% yes. Rowena at first, no. But Rowena, she did, even though she always stayed a Brat, she did get a little bit more cunning and savvy. So I would say at the end of the book, yes, but not at the beginning of the book. Well, and she also does help his one daughter who's a bastard, like teaches her like how to run a castle or how to run a home so that she can like marry the guy she wants to marry. Yeah. Like she's sweet. She yeah. Help so, so I would both of them. Yeah. Gilbert. No, Gilbert no. sucks. He's a creep. Um, is there anybody else I would fuck? But yeah, I'd throw Mildred a fuck. Why not? <laughs> See what she comes up with. <laughs> she might be great. She might be great in bed. She, she might be. She'd be knows? fun. She'd be kinky. Yeah. All right. You ready for Goodreads Lit? Yes. Best medieval romance novels. Only one we've read. So yeah. So top of the yeah. list. Uh, favorite historical romance novels. Um... I'm going to say no for me. This isn't one of your, no, this isn't one of your tops. Probably not me either. I did enjoy it. And if somebody was like, I'm going to read this book, should I? I would say, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say don't, but there's several other historicals I would say read before that. This is one that I do feel like if you are already a romance reader, you can read it and enjoy it. I feel like if you read this cold as one of your first books, it's not going to have the same effect. No, you need to have a, like a little bit of, uh, fluency within romance. I think to really enjoy this the way that it should be. And some context. Yeah. It's very off putting, uh, old school historical romance here, hero, one and only lover. Yeah. Vengeance is mine. Yeah, I mean, I, he did get, I guess he got vengeance. He talks a lot about vengeance. He vengeance on everybody and everyone. Yeah, he's he's got so many fucking axes to grind. 
But that's like me. So I, I think yeah. I, I, I You're can't very really vengeance judge. heavy as well. Yes. Uh, historical romance where heroine gets pregnant in large part of the story. Yes. Best romance with a stolen captive character. Um, yeah. I mean, so what I'm saying is, should it be on the list or not? Yes. But but for me personally, maybe not best. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But it could be on somebody's best list. Okay. Naughty harem romances. Harem. This isn't a harem There's no romance. Harem. No, so I didn't understand that one. Take I it off it the that. list. Tortured heroes of historical romance. Is he tortured? The thing about it is that, yes, he got raped as a man, which was demeaning to him. But he was only really tortured about it for a short amount of time until he got mixed up with Rowena. And then it became like kind of a, you know, uh, hell's a poppin type romance. So was he really all that tortured? Well, eventually he she also says, I want a boon from you, like I want a favor from you. And he's like, what? Thinking she's going to be like, let me go. And it said, she's like, I want you to pretend that I still have you chained up so I can kiss every part of you. And he's like, mm, all right. Yeah. So I don't so it's know. like you're not that tortured by it. If you're like, no, let's pl- literally play this as another sex game. Yeah. So I would say he's not really tortured. I'm going to take it off the list. Bad boys meet the virgins. He is a bad boy, but like all good alphas, he's like not. He's really easy to manipulate as with a when a woman comes along. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. He's like a declawed bad boy. Yeah. He but, talks a big game of being a bad boy and he's not going to follow through with literally any of it. Not towards her, but I mean, he does. I mean, he has killed he people. Whip his daughter. He, yeah. He does whip his daughter, which we totally <laughs> are okay with, I guess. <laughs> rape her? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Historical romance with kidnapped, sold, captive heroine. True. Yes. Villain as romantic love interest. They're both villains. Well, Gilbert's the villain. He's the real villain. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like splitting hairs here. So, yeah, I'd say it, it could go on the list. Hero hates heroin. He never hated her. He hated what she did to him. But, but I think, I yeah. I don't think he ever hated her. He talked her. about hating her, but I don't think he ever did. No. So take it off the list. Down and dirty bodice rippers. It wasn't as, it wasn't super dirty. No. But I, I everybody's idea of dirty is different, so I'd say it can stay on the list. Best rogue rake romance books. I don't think it's a rogue He's or a rake. He's not a rogue or a rake. Nope. No. That's a rogue or a rake is a very different thing. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the skills. He doesn't have the mm-hmm. game to be a rogue or a rake. Yeah. Rowena is the only person in the world his game works on, and he luckily met her. He's like a sledgehammer. Yeah. He's got all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Uh, Barbarian romance novels. He's a barbarian. His attitudes are barbaric. I mean, but I don't know. He's just not really as tough as everybody seems to be putting him on these lists for. Right. I don't think he's a barbarian. Desert Isle Keeper romance genre. Um, I would not take this to the desert island with me. No. Would you? Um, no, probably. Yeah. I did enjoy it. But that, I mean, that's a very, I mean, how many can you take? Right. And so many of the books we've done won't make it. It's not a quality issue. It's just a space issue. Right. Totally. And is it this in lieu of food? Is this in lieu of water? You know? Mm-hmm. All right. He's a lover and a fighter. Yeah. Love beyond reason. Not a lot of reason going. No, no reason with these characters. So, yes, I would agree with that. This is one called Would You Two Please Just Talk to Each Other? Yes, I agree with that. That's amazing. Yeah. Plain Jane and Hot Stud Romance Novels. Not a Plain Jane. No. They constantly about how she's, she's hot so hot. as shit. And how everyone is distracted yeah. when she walks in a room. So that was weird. Uh, romance with forced seduction or rape by the hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Questionable alphas, dominant, possessive, jealous, controlling, sometimes scary, but always hot. Yeah. Heroin commits rape or forced seduction of the hero. Oh, buddy, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, characters we wish existed. Not really. You never deserved that love. I don't know what that is in reference to or what the title is. Who? But it, like, who doesn't deserve the love? That's the whole title. You never deserved that love. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the other books on that list. Um, that's a very 
personal list, it feels like. So I'm going to let them put whatever they want on that list, but I don't agree. Yeah. All right. Clayton, what are your tropes? BDSM. Hmm. I did put I hate you, I love you, because there was a, uh, you know, a time. That's what they were saying to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alpha hero, because I do think he is an alpha, but Mm -hmm. um, pussy for the man from both directions. They're both the man. Yeah. Because they're all. Pussy and cock for the man. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had cock for the man as well. (laughs) Entitled heroine. She was very entitled. Um, And literally entitled. Absolutely. Uh, Knights. Bad advice which is Mildred, <laughs> uh, Bad Daughters, Evil Stepbrothers, <laughs> and Man Roots. <laughs> so, Aaron, what were your tropes? I had medieval romance, captive romance, mistaken identity. Because she, she, he doesn't realize that she is Gilbert's stepsister until For very, long very time. late. Uh, enemies to lovers, pregnant heroine, villain hero heroine, shitty family members, warlord heroes, grumpy hero, great banter, because their banter was all star. Uh, hero takes forever to admit he's in love. It's literally like the last page. Mm-hmm. He's at first. I mean, that's the best part is he's fighting Gilbert and Gilbert is like, uh, I'll just kill her. She's not worth it. And he's like. She's worth a hundred castles. And she thinks like, all right, well, it's not like the best to be compared to stones, but like, I'll take it. So Clayton, what has you swinging this week? Well, as maybe everybody knows, and I'm not sure. I know I talked about this a lot on my other podcast, but I'm very sound sensitive. I don't like hearing noises when I don't want to hear noises. So I like to use ear muffling technologies, right? So I've tried everything. I have a loud upstairs neighbor. If you live in New York City, it seems like every upstairs neighbor, unless you're living in the, the top floor, which I used to for 10 years, and man, I took it for granted. Because this guy who's upstairs doesn't know how to walk. I have such a small apartment, and it sounds like he's running around up there. There's not enough room for him to be walking as much as he's walking. I don't know what's going on with this guy, and I don't want to know, Right? But I need to use sound muffling technology. I got to the point where I got those uh, big ear uh, earphones that you put over your head when you're shooting at a shooting gallery. And those didn't work. But I found a company that makes earplugs. It's called Heroes. <laughs> and they are the best foam earplugs that I've found on the market. Right? I've tried them all. They all say they're 32 dB. They're not 32 dB. These are 32 dB, okay? The thing that's good about them is they've got really cushy foam, so you can stick them real deep in your ears so that you can't hear anything. I'm telling you, some of these other companies are going to say, oh, we're 32 dB. Heroes is the only one that I found that is actually 32 dB. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm swooning about this, this week is Heroes, foam, earplugs. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Too. Absolutely. You can find them at Dwayne Reed. That's where I find them. But you can also find them at other online retailers. Yeah, if you don't live in New York City, which is the only place with Dwayne Reed's. Well, Walgreens then. CVS. Yeah. <laughs> All your reputable stores. Yeah. Aaron, what are you swooning about? Um, so I have a, I guess I have a double swoon in that there are just like two really fantastic shows right now on netflix so one is glow season three and dairy girls season two dairy girls is a show about a bunch of high school girls in Derry, northern ireland during the troubles so in like 1992 the first season was amazing the second season is also amazing i think it's really hard to do a great second season and they really pull it off um it's so funny so well done it shows uh, such a great version of um female friendship even though there is one guy in there as well and it's sweet friendship with him as well uh and it's just really funny and really well done and i just want to also call out their principal is named sister michael and i do think she's one of the best characters i've seen in the past five years as far as like just how funny she is and irreverent and really really great so i love dairy girl season two watch it on netflix i also love glow season three um 
and Glow is all about women wrestlers in the 80s. And there is so much about the show that I absolutely adore. One thing that is very like cosmetic and silly is that they let the women be very unattractive in it. Um, in a way that I find really realistic where it's when they're just hanging out or when they're not in costume for the show, they're not wearing any makeup and they just look like normal women. And I just find that so interesting and refreshing. Um, but it's another story about female friendships and building female friendships. And in a way that it hasn't been for the past two seasons as much, this is really about like holding each other accountable in a way that I think really great friends do. Um, and it tackles a lot of really big topics. And so I really, really love Glow Season 3. So I love TV. Watch them both. They're good. And if you're, you know, your partner likes to watch those shows and you don't like to watch those shows and you still want to spend time with your partner, get the heroes plugs, <laughs> put them in the ear and just cuddle up with your your lovely partner and everything will be good. Oh, yeah. Look, we're saving relationships out here. Look at us. Yeah, we're so good. No one's better. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, where can they find us? <laughs> so, um, please make sure to take the time to rate, review, subscribe. It's how people find us. We say it every week. We really appreciate it. You guys have been really great in writing some very, very sweet um, things in your reviews. We read them all. I screenshot them, send them to Clayton. We love them. I check Apple Podcasts. All right. It's hard to know what you uh, have decided to recognize. And what you I haven't. told you, I have access to the Apple Podcasts. Jesus. I don't have access to the Twitter. Mm. I have access to the Instagram. Mm. I have varying degrees of access to the email. Okay. I still do forward you important email. <laughs> you do, which is, I like that. I like that. But what I will say about the rating and reviewing, you guys are doing such an awesome job with that too. And I know a lot of times when you want to write a review, sometimes people have a hard time thinking like what's right, like, cause it's going to be public and stuff. Just rate it. You don't need to necessarily yeah. review it if you, if you're like review shy. I, I, I think that's fine. Just give us a five-star review or whatever you feel. Well, just give it five stars. I mean, come on. If, if, if you're going to give anything less than, than five, then go review something that you like and give it five stars. Right. That's what I always say. Because also we're giving you this for free. Well, we I make mean, nothing. that doesn't really have much to do with it, I no, don't think. No, but it is. But we're doing it out of the goodness of our heart. We want people to learn more about romance. We yeah. want to create a nice part of somebody's week when they listen to us. That's our intention going into it. So yeah. if you're going to give us two stars, it seems kind of mean. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. If you want to email us your favorite truly old school romance, uh, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Learning Tropes. Just I am, I guess. If you tweet at Learning the Tropes, Aaron's the one answering you. Um, and Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. Uh, we both have access to that, so it's a grab bag. Either of us could reply. Um, and then we also have the Learning the Tropes troop, which is where we have all of our. Um, uh, it's a great way to chat with each other, talk about the episodes, ask questions. We're both in there like a pretty good amount. It's on Facebook, right? It's on Facebook. Uh, we always do let everyone know the books there first. So if you want to know what we're reading, it's going to be there before even our preview episode comes out. And so next week we are going to be reading Slow Heat by Letta Blake. It is a M-Prague. Get ready, guys. Buckle in. So you have a week to read that. Um, and so then we will see you then. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.